I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Mm -hmm. Hey. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Yeah, you know, taking it day by day, making it through this hot, hot summer. Yeah, definitely. The dog days are here. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, which is actually the first thing that I have to talk about today because it's hot. In LA, <laughs> you know, it's like in the 90s. I think it was in the 90s all week. Yeah. Um, it's going to continue to be hot. But we are actually less hot here in Los Angeles than it, it has been this week in Europe and the UK. And they're losing their minds. They of, don't understand. Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> people are dying. Like they are not set up to handle this kind of heat. Like my brother is living in London right now and it's awful. Like, yeah. you know, truly like people are hanging out in fountains, like hanging out in bodies of water because it is so hot. So temperatures in the UK hit 40.3 degrees Celsius, which is 104.5 degrees Fahrenheit, which is, I mean, that would be really hot here. Yeah. So for there, it's incredible. It's the first time in recorded history that it's gotten that hot. And France, Portugal, Spain, Greece, and Croatia have been battling wildfires for days and even weeks because Mm -hmm. of these extreme temperatures. So I wanted to bring this up, not only because it is something major that's happening in the world right now, but also because it is directly tied to climate change. So historically, when records are broken, they are done so in very small increments, such as a fraction of a degree. Um, But the current heat waves are way more severe than we have seen in the past. 
So they are raising like, I think like by five degrees Celsius or up to that um, every year. And it's only going to continue to get worse. Yeah. So we're going to continue to see wildfires. So like loss of property, loss of land, and also loss of life every year because of this. So they're saying that these heat waves would have been virtually impossible without climate change. And that was a study that was published last year in 2021 after all of those fires and like record heat in the Pacific Northwest happened. So the most direct connection between weather and climate change are the increase in intensity, frequency, duration, and expanse of the heat waves. So we are getting stronger and stronger extremes, and we're going to continue to see stronger extremes in the future. And it is a direct result of climate change. And a lot of people are talking a lot about the uber wealthy. I think Kendall Jenner has come, come under fire or Kylie Jenner because she and I believe it was Kylie Jenner. Yeah, she had like a three minute trip on her private jet or something like that's that. that's right. Yeah. yeah, it was something that would have taken like a 15 minute car ride or le- not 15 minutes, but it would have taken like half an hour in a right. car. And she took a private jet and then she posted a picture with her and Travis Scott standing between both of their private jets because both of them have their own. And she had some kind of like cute, quirky caption that was like, should we take mine or yours? You know, and it's highly irresponsible. And I know that there are a lot of people who are saying like, we can't blame people's habits, like the everyday person. But this is not the everyday person. This is someone who is contributing to a a massive carbon footprint um, when she absolutely doesn't need to. Yeah. So there was a climate activist. Her name is Noga Levy Rappaport. And she said the climate crisis is a systemic crisis. The heat wave is dangerous and terrifying and should be yet another crucial wake up call for our leaders to finally take charge on the climate. So thoughts and prayers to everybody in the UK and throughout Europe right now. Because That's all we can really do. I mean, literally, there's nothing that we can do to reverse it. I mean, right now, even they're saying that we can't turn back the clock on climate change, we can make substantial changes. So it slows it down for the future. But it's not like we can repair what's already been damaged. Right. I mean, and at this point, what we have put into motion isn't enough. Like every scientist is saying, like, it's not enough to stem the tide. We would have to up measures significantly. And we are not, in fact, in the United States, we are taking measures to repeal um, a lot of those like clean energy sources that we had been trying to move towards. And, you know, I I have a little bit of stuff that I can talk about later. Um, But with a lot of the things that are happening in Russia right now and in Europe, you're going to see steps taken backwards in terms of clean energy as well because of that. So it's really actually pretty scary. And uh, I hope that everybody tries to stay cool. I hope that they can put things into place like air conditioning, knowing that this is going to be something that we are going to see every summer for the rest of mankind. Right. Um, I hope that that's this is at least a wake up call to the people that they need to be prepared. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's not much that we can do to change what's going on in our world, but at least, you know, now it's like, well, maybe we should be equipped with air conditioners from now on. Yeah. I mean, or, the infrastructure you know, should change yeah. significantly. Um, right. So whoever's planning the city should have to like, those things should just be budgeted in at this point. And it sucks, but that's the world we're living in. The weather is only going to continue to get worse, more yeah. extreme, hotter, colder, etc. And we all just need to be, prepared for that because what else are we supposed to do you know you can't just have 
people dying of extreme heat every year. I did read on Instagram, I saw a video that gingers are able to get into movie theaters for free because (laughs) I guess there's like a thing where it's like people who are more like prone to damage from the heat and the sun get like free movie tickets. And I guess like one of the categories is like redheaded people. Because their skin and their hair, like, they're more... Sensitive. Yeah. I'm sure it's, like, written differently, but, like, it was funny. I understand it, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, okay, but get yourself some SPF 100 and, like, a really big hat. Because everyone's hot, right? Because it's like, you know... Everybody. But I guess like I guess the paler your skin, it's like the the burn aspect. I guess they're trying to. I don't know. I, I'm sure that it was one of those things where it fell under like an umbrella category. It's a marketing ploy. But for I sure. find it really hilarious but that as somebody who doesn't burn, um, I would like free movie tickets. Right. So it's, it's just a lot. The, it's just for the Weasleys in Europe. <laughs> Rude. All right. Well, I first wanted to talk about the thing that has been enraging me the most this week, and that is a racist Sesame Street character. Mm. It's pissing me right off. Okay. So, I saw, I didn't click on it. I did see the headline for this. I but can't, I didn't it's click been, on it. there's like a million different like angles of this. Like it's been every, I feel like it's been like shoved in my face a bunch and it's just, it, it it's so wrong. And um, as a person who has been in one of those giant character costumes for events. I used to do birthday parties where I did that. Um, I'm, I have some things to say. So there's a video that went viral this week of two young black girls who were attending the Sesame Street place in Philadelphia this past weekend, which it sounds like it's kind of like an amusement park of Sesame Street. I've never heard of it personally. Mm, me neither. And so in the video, they're like being videoed by their mother and they're waving at Rosita, who's one of the characters in Sesame Street coming toward them. And Rosita's like, hi, you know, whatever to all the other kids. And then when they get to the two girls who are the subjects of the video, she like waves her arms like no, like waves her arms and shakes her head no. And then continues walking and then like goes on to hug like this like little white Okay, kid. so it wasn't even that it was the end of the day because I feel like I've been at like Disneyland before no. where you know it's obviously like they have to cut it off at some point and they usually have handlers it who was like a parade tell people no so yeah because if she went on or they the character right. went on to continue greeting other children then right. it obviously wasn't like the end of her shift no or whatever. It was, and it was very very clear I mean she it's like the middle of a parade it's mm-hmm. not like she's just standing there taking pictures of kids it's like she has to keep it moving there's a float it's like a whole thing but she was stopping and like giving like little hugs and handshakes and interacting with the kids as like they were going down the street or whatever and it was just so blatant that she'd completely like not even ignored but like straight up was like no to these two little girls And um, initially, Sesame Place excused the character's behavior by blaming the size of their costume, making it hard for the performers to see every child. Not like this is well, but she did see them, or the character, whoever was in the suit. It was very obvious by the direction. I know we can't see this person's eyes or their face or whatever, but it's like if you see the video, and I'm sure many of you have, like it's very, 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 very clear what's going. Like, it's not a mystery to me. Um, And also, though your vision is obscured, I've skated with one of those things on my head before. I've done so many kids' birthday parties. I've I've held children in my arms in those things. Like, yes, your vision is definitely not going to be the greatest, but 
you can see kids walking around. Like, it's not like it's that unsafe or that obscured. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like I've never been in this particular costume, but I'm just saying I highly doubt that that was the case. And there, then there was another story that they came out with saying that like another mom was trying to get Rosita to like hold her baby and take a picture with them and was like hounding her for it. And that's why Rosita was like saying no, but that's not what she was facing. It's it's all very, very obvious. And it was very strange that this company, Sesame Place, was like doing so much that they could to cover up the situation. But eventually they did apologize and acknowledge the situation for what it was. I never it- understand why they don't just do that to begin with. Like, I guess it would be one thing if they hadn't spoken to the employee in question yet. But right. if that's the case, and then, then you can answer that. I think you can say we haven't spoken to the employee yet. We will give a statement um, as soon as, as we have an opportunity to review everything and speak to the person. But if you have reviewed it and you've talked to the person and everything else, I think just owning up to, you know, this one individual employee's actions are, do not reflect us as a company and we have swiftly dealt with the matter and, you know, we've let this person go. To and that's not even it, what they do with the apology either, which is very strange because when they apologize, they release a statement that said that they would conduct training for its employees to, quote, better understand, recognize and deliver inclusive, equitable and entertaining experiences for our guests. We sincerely apologize to the family for their experience in our park Saturday. We know it's not OK. But they didn't say that, like, you know, we discussed this with the person, you know, at the head of the store story they're they're talking about adding more training and things like that for everybody it's just kind of a weird response to me instead of just acknowledging the situation at hand and the particular employee that did something that wasn't okay yeah because that's that's where my question is like is this something that is deep-seated in this person in this employee and is that person going to remain in the park in close proximity to children right Right, because it's just kind and of that's like, not mentioned. They're just saying that there's going to be more training. So to me, that sounds like reading between the lines, unless there's been more news about this person being fired that I haven't read about. But it seems to me that that's going to be HR's kind of way of sticking a bandaid on the situation. You know, coming in and doing extra, you know, diversity training, or you know what I mean, like also, how companies try to make up for like right. their wrongdoings. When you're working with children, though, why weren't those things put into place? To begin with, couldn't agree like, more. You know, like really. you're working with children of all kinds, and also, this isn't just it, it's not just any other theme park. Like this is Sesame Street, which is known for its inclusivity. inclusivity exactly. Right? I, you would think and that that Rosita would be a priority. was the first bilingual Sesame Street character. Yeah, so you'd think that would be a priority for yeah. them to make sure that whoever they are hiring to interact with these children. I think so. Oftentimes, you know, people think that people who are hired to be these characters, it can kind of be like anybody under there. And that's always kind of like a joke that it can be like anybody under there. But I do think in my experience, there's a lot of screening that goes into this because they know they have to work with kids. Exactly. Yeah. I knew someone that was the Easter bunny one year, like at the Burbank mall. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. They were so sweet though. Like I could totally see it. It's not, you know what I mean? it's not I'm like, for me, but it takes a certain personality type. I feel like there are people who would thrive in that environment. What's really funny, though, is like they had like short pink hair, like septum piercing, tons of tattoos, was like this kind of tough bitch and then worked as the Easter Bunny. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I mean, 
I have a friend, Ben, who I'm sure you've met Ben yeah. before, but he when, does all like the Spider-Man and yeah, he does all that kind of he's stuff. He's like a clown, like, yeah. or he used to be, not anymore, but like yeah. he used to, and he loved that, like doing kids' birthday parties and, you know, just being kind of funny and goofy and silly. Oh, with I hated kids. it so much. Oh, I, I hate mean, it. I love, <laughs> I love kids I and yeah. things like that, but I, you know, I did the princess thing where I had to get all, you know, the vice false eyelashes and the makeup and the big costumes. My first ever job, I was Princess Anna and my car broke down on the 405 and I had to get out of my car. I wasn't in the wig yet, but I had the rest of the costume on. Um, so my car was like smoking on the 405 as Princess Anna. I had a kid once. I was Mickey Mouse a lot, like with the big head, because after a while I was like, I can't do all this like princess makeup costumes I couldn't do it all anymore oh I'd rather do the makeup than be in that head well it was all the tattoos as well that I had to oh. cover up so if I was Ariel it was like it was just a big it was a lot of work and it was also really far away so it was like a lot of touch up it was just a thing so eventually I would just like literally drive around in like booty shorts and a sports bra and then like throw on Mickey you know before I yeah. got in or whatever but I had like you know of course some bratty little kids who were at like a one-year-old birthday party that was like pushing on the chin of Mickey this whole and I'm like bitch I'm I, gonna hit you seriously. and I couldn't talk I couldn't talk you can just use your hand gestures and you did and stuff. it I you, didn't like hit him but I was definitely kind of like like I'm just gesturing like no 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 like please get away and like trying to walk away sometimes babies would do it too and like parents should be monitoring their children I I have to say yeah I could never ever work kids parties like mm -hmm. it's just not in me oh, as a person yeah. like my my patience level and energy level neither one of them is conducive to that environment yeah. at all like, I'm good at turning it on like when I'm around kids like I become like a big Barney character and things like that so yeah, you're good with kids but the other thing that sucks I remember once I was in the Mickey costume and I was with a group of kids and there was no adults around and I couldn't speak or do anything like I why would adults just leave? We have like a game going on and they were like around, but they weren't like in the vicinity. So I couldn't, it's not like I was taking care of these kids. I couldn't really like do much. I'm in this huge costume and I'm contractually obligated not to speak while in costume. So I don't know what you want me to do. Well, okay. It's just very hard <laughs> to like wrangle like 10 three-year-olds for a game yeah, when you can't talk. Yeah. It's a hard job. I know people who worked at Disney and it is a really hard job. So with all that said, we know it's difficult. Like I can't imagine how difficult it must be to work in a theme park, especially when you're having to be in those costumes all the time. I've gone to Disney when it's like 100 degrees outside and I'm always thinking that I'm like whoever's wearing that goofy costume They've got to be like sweating so much and like, you know, it's got to be awful for them in it's there. It's very therapeutic as well. <laughs> I got to say. Really? Oh my God. I loved it when I would take my like head off at the end of it. Oh yeah. It really was like, I was soaked. It kind of felt like I was in a sauna for a while oh, but or I something. hate saunas. Oh, I mean, I, I don't saunas. really like it either, but I don't know. There was something about it that like you just, cause you couldn't be in it like for longer than a certain amount of time right. in a certain like level of heat too. And I'm sure Disney has that as well. Yes. So it was never so long that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die right now. But I mean, it was hot, but it almost was like, it felt good. And then also if you're like in the AC and you're dripping sweat, I don't know. It was like a very like, um, cathartic feeling mm. to have like, it felt like I worked out a bunch, but I didn't. <laughs> well, with all of that said, we know that it's a difficult job. Right. You still don't get to be racist at work Definitely to children. Not. Nobody <laughs> like, nobody gets to be racist at work and especially to these two little girls who were just like wanting to enjoy their day at the amusement park and were probably just like, Mom, why did this 
Why did Rosita not right. want to say hi to me? They were excited. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, they, that, and then they like literally were devastated. It would afterwards. be devastating. It really would be, you know, the world of a child is so small. And I really believed those characters were real characters when I was a child. I so, loved Big Bird. Loved Big Bird. If Big Bird turned me down, snubbed you. I would have been it would have been like my first breakup. It would have been devastating. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. <sighs> oh. Should well, we take a quick break? Yes, let's take a quick break and we will come right back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay. So I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the heat wave, um, about there being an issue with gas resources throughout Europe. And earlier this week, the EU asked its nations to begin rationing the use of natural gas, warning that Russia is using fuel exports to weaken support for Ukraine, which we've seen it here in the United States. You know, the price of fuel has gone way, way up. Yeah. Um, so the European Union on Wednesday called for them to to ration natural gas as they brace for the likely scenario that Russia could cut off the flow to Europe. So as Russia has reduced gas flows and issued threats to Europe, fears have grown that high prices and supply shortages may result in homes without heat and industries without power in the winter. So they're running out of fuel um, and it's getting more and more likely that Russia might cut off supply entirely right so european officials accuse the kremlin of retaliating over western sanctions because of course we saw a slew of sanctions go in um right there at the beginning when and they were warning against it you know like you will basically yeah, they were like, this. You, you will get our wrath if you mm-hmm. go along with yeah. these western sanctions yeah so. and recently more sanctions have been you know hurled at russia 
Russia is blackmailing us. Russia is using energy as a weapon. And therefore, in any event, whether it's a partial major cutoff of Russian gas or total cutoff, Europe needs to be ready. And that's from the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. Um, and she said that in a news conference earlier this week. We have to prepare for a potential full disruption of Russian gas. And this is a likely scenario. Russia has already stopped sending gas to the Baltic states and Poland, Bulgaria and Finland and reduced flows elsewhere. Almost half of the countries in the EU have been affected um, and the overall flow of Russian gas is now less than one third what it used to be at the same time at this same time last year. So in the United States, we don't rely as heavily on Russian gas, mm -hmm. but in Europe, they rely very heavily on it. So this could have devastating consequences in the winter. You know, we just talked about major heat wave, but in the winter, of course, it gets very cold throughout most places in Europe. Um, and they rely very heavily on gas to heat homes. Right. So the... Scramble to secure energy supplies has raised questions about whether the EU will stray from its climate commitments. Wednesday's proposal says that before considering curtailments, member states should exhaust all fuel substitutions, possibilities, non-mandatory saving schemes, and alternate energy sources. So they are saying that where possible, they are trying to switch to renewable clean energy, less carbon intensive polluting options. Well, good. I'm glad they're responding appropriately. But they may have to switch to coal or nuclear um, because they might they, they, they feel they have. might not have other options. Yeah. However, Greenpeace put out a news release and they slammed the proposal saying that it was too focused on, quote, facilitating the switch to dirty fuel sources dirty fuel sources like oil and coal and overlooked the detrimental impacts of unsustainable energy sources on the climate. Yeah. And as I was just saying, you know, at the beginning of the episode, those things can't really be overlooked anymore. Like yeah. every little bit of impact that we're having, you know, when it comes to coal or non-sustainable energy sources has the potential to have really disastrous effects. Right. So I, appreciate that the EU is in a very difficult position right now because its citizens could be in a very dangerous position come winter. Yeah, they have to make sure everybody's going to survive. But at the same time, I think that there has to be a level of importance on making sure that everything is done that they can to make sure it's clean or else it's just going to keep getting worse. Because yeah. like you said, it's getting hotter and hotter and colder and colder. So it's not going to change the next year. You know, it's yeah. something that we have to be building toward all around the world to be, you know, slowing this horrible process down at least as much as we can. Yeah. So I would urge our European listeners to heed that advice to try and cut back now in the summer. Uh, if you can cut back on your fuel and energy now when possible to hopefully save up stores for the wintertime. Well, now they need their AC. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's difficult. Well, this is a quick one, but I did feel like it was big news and I wanted to mention it. But there were over a dozen Democratic representatives that were arrested on Tuesday afternoon who were defending abortion rights. Uh, they were arrested outside of the U.S. Capitol building to protest the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe. Apparently, the Capitol Court has been fenced off since the leak of the draft to overturn Roe came out. And this group of... Um, Different abortion advocates and Democratic representatives came out, and many, many of them were arrested. The members of the Democratic Party that were arrested were Catherine Clark, Ayanna Presley, Barbara Lee, 
Jackie Spire, who is amazing. She's the woman who played dead to survive Jonestown. Mm -hmm. Crazy story. Sarah Jacobs, Ilhan Omar, Bonnie Watson, Andy Levin, one guy. (laughs) Rashida Taleb, Jan, I always say this name wrong, Chikowski, Chikowski. I should know this better. I'm from the Midwest. We have so many names like this. Corey Bush, Carolyn Maloney, Nydia Velazquez, AOC, Alma Adams, and Veronica Escobar were some of the names that I saw. Of the people that were arrested, um, they all wore green bandanas that read, we won't back down. So we got two guys, right? We got Cory Booker. Oh, I didn't see Cory Booker's name oh. earlier. Oh, okay. So doesn't surprise me. All right, we got we got two men. We have two dudes. So that's something, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the only thing minimum. that like is really, really, really rubbing me the wrong way is that I was reading a lot of quotes from um, oh, I can't remember who it was that was discussing it. It wasn't AOC or um, any of like the squad members or anything like that. But it's, there's just so much heteronormative language that's still being used and like gender normative language that I feel like is being used by our representatives. And I really wish that we would be seeing more um, diverse language being used by those people as they're being arrested and being interviewed with these questions, you know, instead of just focusing on it being a women's issue, mm-hmm. being more inclusive, I think is just really important. So that's just like a little aside as I'm reading it. I'm just kind of like, okay, like, no, it does, uteruses, it does need with to the become, capability of pregnancy. You know, it does need to become more normalized. I heard people, comedians talking about, um, the conversation that Josh Hawley was having, the questions that he was asking right. uh, to a Congress, per- what, no, to a, who was that who he was speaking to last week? We talked about it last he week. He was talking, oh, it was a uh, professor, like a law professor. Yes, 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 that's right. So, uh, and them being like, I don't understand why she was attacking him for saying, for asking questions or, you know, saying right. women. And it's it's like, we need to become more comfortable and we need to normalize um, the conversations around that this isn't just a women's issue and it's not just uh, women who can get pregnant and have right. the capability for We can pregnancy. acknowledge the fact that it is largely a women's issue. Yes. But I think that there has to just be a more broader vocabulary in the way that we're discussing Unless, this issue right now, especially because there are so many LGBTQ plus rights that are on the docket right now to being taken away. Like I feel like it all, we need to just be more inclusive. <laughs> right, right. Unless you are specifically, you know, there are medical journals. I think I was talking about the Turnaway Study, which is a book I'm reading right now, uh, where the doctor um, who, who wrote the book says at the beginning, there's a disclaimer that says, I am talking about women in this study. So when I'm when I'm talking about women, I say women in this study because everybody in this study identified as a woman. Right. I completely acknowledge that trans and non-binary people have the capacity for pregnancy. In this book, you are going to read the word women because women is what I mean when talking about these specific people. That's how you do um, it. So that's, that's a, how you do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you, you can still say certain things, but it, it is about acknowledging the fact that they're... There is more to this than what is, you know, what has been seen since 1973. We have to allow layers of this issue to be involved in the conversation, especially because so many rights are potentially going to be taken away. We really do have to make sure that we are staying bound together in all of this and fighting for each other and with each other. You well, know and it's I mean? just factually accurate and yes. there shouldn't be anything wrong with being accurate in that way. Yeah. So Agreed. I agree completely. Totally agree. Yeah. So they, they were all arrested. They were wearing the we won't back down bandanas, which is just like, I hate that 
Donald Trump kind of co-opted the Tom Petty song and that just kind of made me think of it too where I, I wish that they would have chose something but else we're t- but we're taking it back because I feel like we owe that to Tom Petty because we really do Tom Petty was like no yeah you don't get to use my music so I'm like we're taking it back and I that's think what I'm I say like Tom, uh, Tom Max is like the biggest Tom Petty fan so we listen to his records a lot and I'll always say that whenever um, Won't Back Down comes on I'm like oh my god I wish this song wasn't ruined for me and Max is like don't say that because Tom Petty didn't like it, he was super pissed about it. So like, we need to still love this song. And yeah. I'm like, okay, we can't let we can't let Trump have it. I can just picture him dancing to it though, and like that just really bothers well, me. Well, I don't want to picture him dancing to anything. Then so. don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's everything I have for today. Do you have anything else that you want to add? And that's it. All right. Well, if there are any news topics that you want us to discuss in the future, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or send us a direct message on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. Last but not least, if you haven't done so already, please go over to your Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. It truly does help us so very much. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Oh, my Lord. Chicago history you never learned in school. My name is Alyssa Dykstrahaus, and I I'm an architectural tour guide in Chicago. I got curious about my city's past, and it is absolutely fascinating. I like to say Chicago has been Chicagoing since they started Chicago. Over the past few years, I immersed myself in the more obscure stories. I am brimming with excitement to share these stories with my friends and you. Let's face it, everyone knows about the Great Chicago Fire. Do you know about Captain Streeter and the formation of Streeterville? Find out about the origins of the phrase Mickey Finn. Oh, my Lord, will be equal parts history, irreverence, and love of the greatest city in the world.